Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we have been given extremely valuable gifts and talents from our Heavenly Father, from Jesus Christ our Lord, and from the Holy Spirit. Every one of us has been given multiple gifts and talents. We've been given skills and intellect and financial gifts as well as relational gifts. All of these have been given us that we might increasingly use them for the advancement of the kingdom of God, the Son of God, and the gospel of God. Are you using your spiritual gifts and talents for Jesus? Or do you use them primarily for the advancement and pleasure and comfort of your own life and your own interests? Let's open our Bible now and learn how we can more effectively use our gifts and talents in the cause of Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Monday morning here in Texas and uh, hopefully y'all are loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus and growing to be a, a disciple of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I don't know. I think this might be around the 12th teaching. I'm not sure um, in the series of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to discuss uh, gifts and talents and the role they play uh, and the responsibility we have to use them as disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, we've all been blessed by God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, with gifts <clears throat> and talents, spiritual gifts, as well as, as physical gifts, um, uh, you know, as well as mental gifts. And so we've been given <clears throat> tremendous gifts and talents, things we're good at, skills, things we have an aptitude for spiritually and physically and mentally. And, you know, these are things that have been given us <clears throat> to use in the advancement of the kingdom of God and the Son of God and the gospel of God and the Word of God. <clears throat> As disciples of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> the things we're good at you know, the things that we have a natural aptitude for, <clears throat> again, have been given us primarily for the advancement of the cause of Jesus Christ, our Lord. But, you know, if we were to look at our lives, you know, really all of us <clears throat> tend to use these gifts and talents for more for, you know, <clears throat> for our own benefit, right? We use our gifts, you know, that were the things we're good at in our in our work um, to make money and to, you know, <clears throat> to, to provide the kind of lifestyle that, that we want to have. And certainly that's, you know, the Lord expects us to do that. He expects us to go and use the, the gifts and talents and intellect and insight um, and skills he's given us, you know, to go out and work, you know, work with our hands and, you know, work with our mind and do the jobs he's given us to do to make the money so that we can put a, you know, a roof over our head, so to speak, so that we can provide for our children and, you know, families and, and such, um, that we can, you know, uh, have a savings and things like that. But that's not the primary reason that the Lord has created us and given us spiritual gifts and physical gifts and mental gifts. It's not primarily for ourselves, but, but for Jesus as is everything else. And so that's what we're going to discuss today. <clears throat> so just, again, it's been exciting preparing for this. So Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness, your favor, your grace. 
Father, we thank you, Lord, that we we have your word. We thank you that we are disciples. Father, we thank you that we get to be disciples of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for allowing us to serve you. We thank you for loving us, Lord Jesus. We thank you for living for us and for, for dying for us. And we thank you that you are alive and risen today and we worship you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to open your word to our hearts now. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So again, the, uh, the series is called The Disciple of Jesus Christ. You remember in Matthew 28, uh, verses 18 to 20, Jesus said, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So here it's called the Great Commission, where Jesus is commissioning us to be his disciples. We open the series in the first two teachings, uh, right, bud, by, by talking about uh, the difference between a Christian and a disciple, that you have to first be a Christian, you have to have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but then the goal of the entire Christian life is to grow as a disciple of Jesus, an apprentice of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, more and more modeling every aspect of our lives, spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, and relationally after Jesus. The goal of the disciple is to more and more be like Jesus until we, you know, until finally when Jesus comes back or takes us from this life and, you know, we look just like Jesus does. As C.S. Lewis said, you know, we are to be like little Christ. We're not God, right? But, you know, we should reflect Jesus and more and more look like Jesus in everything. And it's just, it's the greatest privilege of our lives. It's the greatest responsibility of our lives. So again, we're to be disciples of Jesus. Now, speaking of gifts and talents, again, let's look at, uh, let's begin with, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, okay, 1 Corinthians 12, and, you know, we're going to start reading in, in verse 1, we're going to read verse 4, and then I believe it's going to be verse 11, 1, 4, and 11 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, all right, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant, okay? So when it comes to gifts, remember that God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, each member of the triune God, you know, gives us different gifts, spiritual gifts, and again, also physical gifts, physical skills and talents, um, and, and, you know, and, and, and mental enablements, right? Intellect, things like this are given to us by God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Okay, so we, we ought to have an understanding about gifts and talents and what they are. And here he's talking about spiritual gifts. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Okay, and now look at verse 11. 
1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, all these are the work of one in the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Okay, so you see there, it's the Holy Spirit here giving spiritual gifts. So I guess I'll go ahead and read them. Uh, go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Verse 8, to one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, all these are the work of one in the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So you see that here we have God, the Holy Spirit, Nathan, giving us spiritual gifts. Okay. And he spoke about what those are. Now look at Ephesians chapter four, verses seven and eight, Ephesians four, seven and eight. But to each one of us, Ephesians 4, verse 7, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Verse 8, this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. Okay, so here now we have God the Son, Jesus, giving us gifts. Okay, um, and now finally, let's look at Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verse 11. Matthew 7, verse 11 says, Jesus speaking, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. So now here we see we have God the Father giving gifts. So uh, what, what I'm trying to show here is that the giving of gifts and of talents is a, is a cooperation, is a work of each member of our triune God. Remember, you know, our God is a, is a, is a triune God, one being, but three distinct, separate, individual persons God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of them <clears throat> are working together in the giving us of gifts and talents and skills um, and things we're good at. And the purpose of it is for the building up of the body. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12. Paul says, so it is with you. Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. All right, I'll read that again. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So it is with you, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. <clears throat> so the first thing is, it's these Corinthians were eager um, to have spiritual gifts, and we ought to be eager. We ought to be desirous to not only have spiritual gifts, but to have physical gifts, to have, <clears throat> to have, <clears throat> excuse me, mental gifts. <clears throat> the coffee or the cream, I don't know what that is, gets stuck in my throat, I'm sorry. And, but, but what we want to use the gifts for 
is to build up the body of Christ. Paul says, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. And he's not talking about the church building here, Scott. He's talking about believers, right, all over the world that are a part of the spiritual body of Christ. The reason we have these gifts is not to build up ourselves, Nathan. It's not, uh, you know, to build up our lives, Lauren, and our reputations, but but to to build up, you know, the spiritual body of Jesus Christ, our Lord, to build up other believers, to to make disciples. Right. We have these gifts to, to use in helping other people be more effective and more mature disciples of Jesus Christ, our Lord. <clears throat> All right. So here we have, again, we were talking about spiritual gifts. Now look at Exodus 31 verses one through six. <clears throat> and we're, uh, we're going to see these, these remarkable talents, these skills, these physical gifts, so to speak, that are given by the Lord. All right. Exodus 31 verses one through six. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of of craftsman, craftsmanship. This is this is this is amazing, right? So look at this. Uh, check this out, Corinne. Okay, so <clears throat> we've all had people in our lives, all right? Now look. Let me read verse six. I'm sorry, Exodus thirty-one six. Moreover, I have appointed Ohiliab, son of Ahishamach of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything I have commanded you. So. All of us know people in our lives. We've known people that, you know, are just naturally gifted in, in different types of, uh, whether it be mechanical work or woodworking or architecture or, uh, you know, people who can just, you know, fix anything. So where does that come from? When someone is just really good at something, uh, we, we, we tend to look at it and we admire the gift, but the gift is given by our heavenly father. That, that gift, that talent, that skill is given by Jesus. It's given by God, the Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not just that uh, we're naturally just amazingly just because of ourselves, right? There are gifts that are given. <clears throat> Michael Dennis and, and my cousin Christian, you know, we're both incredibly gifted. They are incredibly gifted. They're still alive. My uncle Dennis is, uh, you know, in his mid seventies, um, you know, maybe moving up to his late seventies now, right, Leah? And, uh, you know, my cousin Christian is around 50 years old and, and both of them are tremendously gifted just from an engineering standpoint. I mean, these guys can build a house from the ground up and just, and do everything. You know, um, and things that that they don't know how to do, they have the capacity to learn when it comes to this. They're just they're 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 immensely gifted. How did that happen? You know, very few of us listening to this can do that. Very few of us could go out today, right, and buy a <clears throat> buy a piece of land and say, you know, I'm going to build a house there, and I'm going to do the whole thing, or I'm gonna I'm gonna add a wing to this house, 
and uh, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it all myself. It, it's it's a it's a remarkable gift. My neighbor Tom also is very gifted, and you know you know he's always doing projects over at his house, and he's you know knocking down walls and doing stuff in the back, and you know he's just you know he's always just you know, and, and he himself has the skill in the understanding to, to do all these things. And, and I mean, it's, 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 it's incredible to watch, right? I want to read it again. Exodus 31, verses 1 through 6. <clears throat> then the Lord said to Moses, verse, 30, verse 2, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. But look at it says, the Lord said, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts. So, <clears throat> If you're someone who is gifted, maybe, you know, maybe you can just fix anything that goes wrong in the house or maybe a car breaks down and you can, you know, and you're someone who can, who is just very gifted and talented, right, Benny, and being able to go and, <clears throat> and fix that. Then, then the, you know, first of all, how did you come by this? It's not just because you're amazing. It's not just because you're awesome. This kind of skill is, is given to you by your heavenly father, by God the Father, by God the Son Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. So we shouldn't look at it as if we're just incredible, as if, as, as if we're awesome. And the purpose for which you have it is the advancement of the cause of Jesus Christ. Here, the Lord is, has given these men these gifts, obviously for the work of building up the temple of, of the Lord, okay? Um, <clears throat> And so we really want to examine, you know, and look at the things we're gifted at. I have been gifted um, <clears throat> in a way to, at, at a certain level, and there's certainly people far more gifted in me in this, but to understand the word of God and to have a, a you know, a, a, a mind to comprehend the scriptures and to break down the scriptures and to teach the scriptures, um, you know, in a way that hopefully makes sense and then can and hopefully drive, you know, others to walk with Christ, to believe the word of God and to apply the word of God and live out the word of God in their lives. Um, what we do here, Stephen has been very gifted to, to understand, you know, all the different technology. My daughter, Kristen, is very gifted um, in, in uh, you know, in, in her, you know, in the way she's able to do design and marketing and things like that. My wife, May, is extremely gifted um, in music. She has, you know, her ear to be able to, you know, to hear music. Where did these things come from? Right, Corinne, where did you get your, your your incredible intellect to be able to to understand and, you know, go through school and to I mean, she's almost a doctor. I don't you know, what is it? A nurse practitioner, I guess. Um, but just to, to understand all these things and do them. Alicia, how did you come by to understand just, the you know, all these aspects of patent law and things like that? I mean, wow. So do we see the what I'm trying to drive home here? is that we want to look up to heaven, Matthew. We want to, to get on our knees 
and thank the Lord for the skills and the gifts and the knowledge and the insights that we have into all of these things. Look at, uh, look at 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7. So in the church in Corinth, you know, it was clear there were people, you know, who had insights, who had revelation, you know, from the Lord. And, you know, and, you know, and, and it was coming out of them and they had insights to understand the word of God and things like that. But they were boasting about it. And, and clearly we get puffed up, right? Certainly we, we've all struggled with this. I confess I have, and it's, it's ridiculous. When, when, when we're skilled at something, obviously it's our responsibility to get better at it. And we're going to read, you know, where Paul says in Second uh, Timothy 1 verse 6, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So look at that. That's 2 Timothy 1.6. And it is our responsibility when we've been gifted to cultivate that gift or talent, whether it be a spiritual gift, a physical gift, a mental gift, whatever it is. Um, but we would have nothing to cultivate. We would have nothing to fan in the flame if Jesus hadn't given it to us. All right. So look at 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7. And look what, uh, look what Paul says to the Corinthians. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? You see that? That is a remarkable scripture. Let that sink in, Chris. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Any, any knowledge, any revelation, any understanding that we have into the things of God, into the word of God, into the son of God, we don't have it because we're amazing. We received it. We received it from our heavenly father. We received it from the Holy Spirit. Whatever spiritual gifts we have, whatever understanding we have, whatever knowledge we have, it, it ought to never bring up boasting or pride in us. And, and make no mistake, every one of us struggles with this in different ways, some more subtle than others. But, you know, what do you have that you did not receive, Paul says? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? When we brag or boast or when we're arrogant about something we're good at, it's as if we're, we're saying, you know, we did it all on ourselves when, when you could do nothing. You would have no knowledge. You would have no insight. You would have no a mental capacity. You'd have no ability to understand language or words or anything save the mercy and grace given us by, by Christ. Uh, again, look at uh, 1 Corinthians 4. I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, 7 and 8. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, verse 8, when he ascended out high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. So a grace is an unmerited favor given us to us by Jesus. And it's also an empowering. It's a gift given to, to us. We didn't earn it. It's grace um, to walk out the call of God on our lives. So... <clears throat> Again, what we're establishing here is that our gifts and talents, the things we're good at, 
spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, whatever it is, some of us have tremendous gifts to earn money. That has been given to us by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, by our Heavenly Father. And, uh, you know, we ought to use it in the advancement of the kingdom of God and the Son of God. All right. All right. Okay. Um, all right. Let's look at Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. Paul speaking. For by the grace given me, you see this, this is grace. It was a gift. He didn't earn it. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Verse 12, just as, I'm sorry, verse four, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Verse six, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So again, why have we been given these gifts and talents as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Again, it's to serve and advance the kingdom of God, the Son of God, the gospel of God, the word of God, and to build up the body of Christ, all the members of the church, to, to, to build them up and help them to be greater disciples of Jesus Christ. That's why we have these things. Okay, I want to read it again. Listen, listen Becky. Romans 12, 3 through 8. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. All right, so we ought to stop there. And, you know, Father, I do ask you to forgive me. Um, uh, Lord, I, I confess that I don't, I don't know how many times. It's, it's uncountable, it would seem, that I've thought of myself more highly than I ought. And Father, I ask you to forgive me. And uh, Father, I ask you to help us, one and all, to just genuinely repent where we just consistently think of ourselves more highly than we ought, when we are, we are just a complete object of your mercy and of your grace. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. Okay, Don't think more of yourself. Don't think less of yourself. Just, just have sober judgment. You are what you are, Rap, right? I am what I am. It is by the grace of God. If we do something well by God's grace, we don't have false humility and say we don't. If we, don't, we do something poorly, we don't have to act like we do it well. Let's have sober judgment, right? Just, just, just view yourself as you are, not more, not less, but knowing that anything we're good at has come by the grace of God and the mercy of God. And yes, we don't deny it. If we have, if we have fanned in the flame, if we have taken responsibility for our gifts, you know, as we ought, then, you know, then we just acknowledge that. Yes, I have worked on studying the word of God in the last 25 years. The Lord has gifted me to do this. I've applied myself to it, but I could do nothing but without his grace. But yet I have had the responsibility. I've been given the responsibility and I have used it to study the scriptures so that I can, I can better obey the scriptures, better teach the scriptures and help others to obviously understand the scriptures, right? So again, 1 Timothy 1, 6, Paul tells him to, fan in the flame 
the gift of God that was given to Timothy. So again, it's our job to cultivate our gifts, to get better at them, but, but to not think of ourselves as amazing or like we're the best or like, you know, have, you know, just have these high thoughts and prideful thoughts about ourselves because again, we could do nothing if these weren't given to us. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. I mean, this, this can't be said enough to us as Christians and particularly as Christian leaders, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, right? Your eye doesn't have the same function as your hand, right? Your legs don't have the same function as your back, right? There are many different members of our body, right? You see what Paul is saying here? Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, so now we have one spiritual body, and each member belongs to all the others. So as Christians, we are part of the spiritual body of Christ, and we're one with Jesus, and we're also one with one another. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're related spiritually. Verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So again, when we see how the Lord Jesus has gifted us, has gifted people in the body of Christ, has gifted us as disciples, we ought to exhort them and encourage them in these gifts. Bam. Thank you, Lord. All right. Look at 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Again, what are we to do with our gifts and talents as a disciple of Jesus Christ? You cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ if you are not consistently and increasingly using your time, your gifts and talents, and your money in the advancement of the Son of God, the Kingdom of God, the Word of God, the Gospel of God, in the building up of the body of Christ. Look at uh, 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So whatever grace you've been given, David, you want to faithfully administer it. Right, Diane? Um, you know, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. We had already said, and, and Father, again, I ask you to forgive me, that the vast majority of us as believers, as pastors, as Christian leaders, we, we certainly do use the gifts that we have received to serve ourselves first, right? Uh, we consistently use our gifts to serve me, my life, my fun, my ministry, my wife, my kids, you know, my ministry, um, you know, we certainly do use our gifts to serve ourselves. And certainly the Lord wants us to, to use them to provide for ourselves. But more and more, we want to use the skills, the gifts, the mind, the intellect to increasingly serve others. That's, that's what, you know, and remember the first scripture, go and make disciples, go and make apprentices of Jesus, go and make disciplined followers of Jesus teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. So Jesus has instructed us to go out and to use the gifts and the talents he's given us 
whether it be spiritual gifts, physical gifts, mental gifts, financial gifts, relational gifts, right? There are all these different gifts and talents we've been given. First Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Boom. Look at Romans 12, verse 11. Whew. Romans 12, verse 11. Yeah. Look at this, Esther. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Okay. Every one of us could repent under this. Never be lacking in zeal. We ought to be excited, consistently zealous to use our gifts and talents, uh, you know, to serve Jesus, okay, to build up the body of Christ. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord, okay? Again, we've all been given gifts and talents, and we should always be, you know, fervently using them, zealously using them, again, to serve Christ, all right? Again, there's no shame, there's no condemnation, there's no there's no guilt, right, Peyton? But you know, where we where we are zealous generally to use our gifts and talents and time and money and all we've been given, you know, to more serve ourselves and our wants and our desires than we do the Lord. And again, we simply want to repent of that. We just, you know, we want to go before the Lord and enjoy. And we're convicted. We know it's wrong and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me, Lord Jesus, just for, you know, how often and how much more often I am using my time, my gifts and talents and my money in the service of myself, my own desires, my own wants, my own fun, my own entertainment, my own pleasure, my, you know, just my own life, you know, and that of my wife and my kids and, you know, and just my family, Lord. And, you know, and it's all about me and my vacation and my savings and my money and my retirement. Lord, forgive me. Um, help me, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have provided for me and I can do these things, but help me, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus, to more use these, these gifts and talents you've given us in the advancement of your kingdom. And forgive us, Father, where we have been lacking in zeal. Help us to keep our spiritual fervor, Holy Spirit, serving Jesus Christ our Lord. Wow. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong and there is no favoritism. So again, um, we want to have an attitude that we're using our gifts and our talents, our skills, you know, to serve Christ, to advance the cause of Christ, to increasingly do what Jesus would have us to do. And it makes clear, look, look what he says. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. And that obviously means men or women, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. So again, you don't get to heaven by anything you do, right, Wendy? But your reward in heaven will be completely based on how you cooperated with Jesus in this life, in the use of your gifts and talents and time and money. So let's let that sink in in our head, okay? Because again, all of us, certainly myself included, we tend to live this life, May, like we're in Jesus, we're going to heaven, it's all good. No, no, it is going to matter, okay? Nothing we do or don't do 
gets us to heaven. We get to heaven by receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, by trusting in him, relying on him, clinging to him alone for the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, and, and the deliverance from eternal hell, and obviously to go to heaven when we die, uh, by trusting and relying in Jesus. That's how we get to heaven. Understanding we're sinful, hopeless, helpless, desperate, and only by receiving Christ and trusting in him alone can we ever get to heaven. But now again, when we get to heaven, we're going to undergo a judgment, right? We're going to go before the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. I guess I ought to turn there since I'm talking about it. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. So it is going to matter how we use our, uh, you know, our gifts and talents and time and money. This is gonna gonna be a, gonna have to be a two part teaching because I'm gonna go through a uh, um, I'm gonna go through a, a whole incredible parable on uh, you know on talents. Second Corinthians five, verse ten. For we must all appear. Listen to this. This is for believers in Christ, genuine Christians. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Every Christian, every disciple, everyone who's genuinely received Christ will stand before Christ and give an account of our lives. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And look what he says in, in verse nine. So we make it our goal to please him, Jesus, whether we are at home in the body, whether we're alive, or away from it, if we've died, we, you know, all our life is about pleasing Jesus. Why? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. There's going to be an accounting. There's going to be a reckoning. Colossians 3, 20, 23 to 25. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, Jesus, not for men, not for people. Verse 24, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Again, it's Jesus Christ that we're serving with our gifts and talents. Verse 25, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong and there is no favoritism. Wow. All right. Look at Hebrews 3.13. Wow. Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily. Okay. How are you using your gifts and talents, Nathan? Are you encouraging one another Daily. Daily, Scott, means every day. Right, Alicia? Every day. But encourage one another daily in Christ. You ought to be using your gifts and your talents to encourage each other, to encourage one another every day. Hebrews 3.13. Look at it, Ian. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. As long as you have a day, as long as you have a two-day, as long as there is a day, we ought to be encouraging one another and building one another up. But encourage one another daily, Tom, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So again, you ought to be using your time, your talents, your skills to encourage one another, to build one another up. Look at Hebrews 10, 24. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love in good deeds. 
And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So again, are you using your gifts and talents to build up others, to encourage others? As a minister, do you only do this when you're in the pulpit? Do I only do this when I'm, when I'm teaching? I hope not, because Jesus is not going to be pleased with that. Okay, We're called to have a lifestyle of moment by moment, day by day, throughout every day. Okay, no one is called primarily to just to do things publicly. Every one of us, our private life, our private devotion ought to outweigh what we do publicly. And if it doesn't, we're out of balance, no matter who we are. No one has ever been called to just teach and preach and evangelize publicly that is not doing all that and more behind the scenes privately, meaning throughout their daily lives. So if, if we're preachers and you know we just prepare and, and all we do is do this when we when you know when we're in the pulpit, when we're preaching or teaching, then we are without question out of balance and that will most certainly reflect when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay. Uh, Jesus did not call us just to be pulpit Christians, pulpit speakers. We are to be disciples of Jesus Everything that we're preaching, we ought to be preaching and teaching throughout our day, wherever we are and with whomever we're with. Listen, I'm not saying in a religious fashion. I'm simply saying it ought to be a part of our lifestyle that whatever message we're bringing forth, we ought to be weaving it in uh, to our daily lives throughout our days. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, okay? Not just when we're in the pulpit, not just when I'm recording these teachings, but each one of us ought to be spurring one another on toward love and good deeds in Christ to build up the Christ. Are you to build up the body of Christ? Are you, Chloe, using your gifts and talents in this way? Are you, Benny? All right, look at Luke 12, 47 and 48. We're going to end here. Luke 12, 47 and 48. This is heavy, all right? And in the next teaching in part two of uh, Gifts and Talents, we're going to go through a parable um, in Matthew 25, uh, the parable of the talents, uh, verses 14 to, to 30. But right now, let's, let's look at Luke 12, 47 and 48. And this is heavy, okay? Luke 12, 47, that servant, that's what we are. We're servants of Jesus as disciples. That servant who knows his master's will does not get ready or does not do what his master wants, will, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. For everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Let that sink in, Gwenda. Let that sink in. Omela, let that sink in, Ali. I mean, I mean, I am in relationship with some men and women that are tremendously gifted. Pop, Susan, all y'all, rap. I mean, just I've been, I'm around some Christians, May, Stephen, Jesse. I mean, I won't read it again. This is sobering. Alan, whew, I mean, I can just go on and on. Jason. Luke 12, 47, 48, Jerry, that servant who knows his master's will, that servant who knows his master's will, Jesus speaking, and does not get ready 
or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. I, I don't like the idea of being beaten with many blows. What is, what is that like? He's not talking about in the next life, by the way. He's talking about in this life. So if you're not using your talents and you understand that, you know, you understand what I'm teaching here and you're not using your gifts and talents, you know, and yet you've been gifted by the Lord. You've been given knowledge and understanding and insight and skill and, and an ability to understand these things, but you don't do what Jesus wants you to do. It says, will be beaten with many blows. It's, it's kind of forceful. And that just means that you will undergo trouble and hardship and difficulty and pain in this life. I, I don't want that. Do you? I mean, I don't like it. I don't like it when I have undergone it. And yes, we are disciplined by our heavenly father. If we are, if we are genuine Christians, right, Sujit? We are, you know, we are disciplined by our heavenly father. I mean, again, I go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I didn't have these scriptures planned, but since I'm going to say it, might as well read it. All right. All right. We'll start in verse five, Hebrews 12, verse five. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. If you're a genuine Christian today. You're, you're a son or daughter of, of your heavenly father. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Verse 7, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. I don't like hardship. Do you? I really don't. Luke 12, 47, that servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. Verse 48, Luke 12, but the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So you see, the more gifts and talents and skills and knowledge and understanding and intellect you and I have been given, the, the words are strong. Wow. Man, I, I just, I don't read this enough. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. For everyone who has been given much, Kristen, Lauren, you've been given much. Wendy, you've been given much. I've been given much. Everyone listening to me has been given. For everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. You understand this message, what I'm saying. If you're listening to it now, you've been given much, and Jesus says, much will be demanded of you. Didn't say requested. Much will be demanded. He talks like he's the one paying. I guess he did pay with his life, right? And from the one who has been entrusted with much, if you're somebody who's been given tremendous gifts and talents, and you have, Scott. If anyone's listening to me, you've been given tremendous gifts and talents. You may think you don't, but you have. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, may, may you've been given much, much more will be asked. 
Okay? So again, every one of us has been given gifts and talents, spiritual gifts, um, as well as physical gifts, intellectual gifts, uh, skills and talents to do things, to fix, fix things, to make things, um, skills to, to solve problems, to counsel. Uh, Jesus demands that we use these gifts and talents in the advancement of his kingdom and the advancement of his word and the advancement of his gospel. So again, how are you using your gifts and talents today as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Wow. All right. Again, we're going to go into the parable of the talents next time. So that's going to be Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Wow. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Father, for the gifts you've given us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the gifts you've given us. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for the gifts you've given us and the talents and the skills and the knowledge and the insight and the understanding and all you've given us, Lord. But Lord, we're, Lord, I'm fearful. Lord, we know that we've been given so much in this culture. We've been given so much, Lord. Those of us in the West, Lord, those of us just in all these first world countries, Lord, have been given so much. We have so much understanding, so much Bible, so much so much places, so much technology where you can grow to know you and hear your word and study your word and get better to know you, Lord. I just ask you to help us, Holy Spirit. Remind us, convict us that we will stand before you, Lord Jesus, and we will give an accounting to our lives of how we used our gifts and talents as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And Father, all of us, all of us want to stand before you. We want to stand before you, Lord Jesus, and be able to say that we, we have completed the work you've given us to do with our gifts and talents, even as you said to our Heavenly Father when you were on earth, Lord Jesus. We want to be able to say to you that we have completed the work you've given us to do. And Lord, we do want to hear from you, well done, good and faithful servant. Holy Spirit, we love you, we bless you, and we honor you. We ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. Give us eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear him, hearts to understand him. And we ask you to drive us to use our skills, our gifts, and our talents more and more for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.